0: I'm not saying you need to share everything all the time as it's happening. I'm not saying that. But shining a light on the things that make you feel embarrassed or ashamed. I want you to dig into like why does it make you feel embarrassed or ashamed? What are you making it mean about yourself? And does it really mean that about yourself? And could someone else maybe relate to this? Welcome to the Raising Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, Yael Bendahan, founder of CEO Mom Academy, Mama Five, and lifelong reading addict. This podcast is here to empower moms to run their businesses and lives like the powerhouse CEO they are. I want you to believe that you can have the business success you desire and be present with your family, and to give you my best tips and strategies for how to make that happen. I'll be sharing the honest reality of balancing motherhood and business business models that work for you, marketing with simplicity and the mindset of CEO Mom. Now, let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back, my friend, to The Raising Your Business Podcast. This is the first episode of 2024, and I I'm really excited for this year. A lot has happened in 2023, a lot, and this is actually going to this episode is actually going to be a little messier than usual. What I mean by messier is I normally have a very organized Google doc with everything I wanna speak about in the right order with all the details and all like the, just really in depth, cause I like to keep things organized and go through them in a really nice kind of linear fashion. That being said, this one was brainstormed in a notebook. I'm currently reading off a very scribbled outline in my notebook because I just was like sitting down, um, I was out and I was like, I really wanted to brainstorm out this podcast episode. And I was like, okay, let me just sit and think about 2023 what have I learned? What's happened this past year? What's been going on? And I just scribbled a whole bunch of stuff down. I'm like, you know, instead of wasting time, like copying it into a Google Doc, and organizing it, whatever, I'm just going to give it to you straight. Literally just my, my unfiltered thoughts in the order that they came. And this episode is going to be primarily, I did not do this last week because I've been not feeling well, and there's been a lot of stuff going on, and I'm in the middle of a launch for my CEO Mom Mastermind, and and so I decided to push my 2023 learning lessons to this week, and also kind of just share. These are not just lessons I learned from 2023, but it's also what am I taking into 2024. And so I really wanted to share that, I also wanted to share a little more about the CEO Mom Mastermind because this is honestly going to be. I'm very excited about this container. It's going to be the primary coaching container going forward in my business. I may have stuff that is lower ticket, but nowhere else are you going to get this level of support and it will never be at this investment ever again. This is a founding member investment with founding bonuses. And if you want to know more about it, you can go to albanan.com slash I This is honestly a Google doc. It is a Google doc, guys, because I was putting this together in a really just low lift, doing my best sort of way. As there's been a lot going on in Israel in the past few months, and I've just found that my capacity has been significantly less, I guess is the right word for this. I've had less capacity for fancier things. And I actually do have someone, I have something, someone really amazing building out the sales page for this. But I'm like, I'm not gonna wait for the sales page to be perfect before I just put it out there because I just really feel that moms need this year more than ever. And the basic idea of the CEO Mom Mastermind is it is a mastermind in which you're going to get daily coaching, weekly calls, constant support and feedback from me and a community of CEO moms who get it, who are ambitious, who want more for themselves, who have big goals for their business, but they wanna do it in a way that feels energetically aligned to them and to their personality and to their schedule. And to what makes sense for them. And next week, I'll be sharing a little more about going forward, what's happening in 2024. And I'll also be making a special announcement. But for now, we're going to be focusing on the mastermind. And if you have any questions about it, please just shoot me a message on Instagram if we're connected. And if not, then it's instagram.com slash thelbendahan. I have the link in the show notes in the description. So go check that out. All right. I had to say that because that's been taking up like my entire brain space for the past few weeks. And I want to just go into dive in and share my lessons that I've learned from 2023 that I am going to be taking into 2024 and that I would love you to take in as well. And there's so many things. There's so many things I've learned from 2023. I like the idea of limiting this to a short podcast episode, I could do a series, frankly. But honestly, I might. Or I might just do something about what's going to be working in 2024 kind of thing, like a state of the union sort of episode. But either way, I I want you to know what I've learned as a mom who's been through a lot of up and ups and downs both business-wise and personally in 2023 and what I'm prioritizing based on the lessons that I've learned. Okay, so the first one is this. AI is nice. It's great. It can save you a lot of time, but real personal touches will trump all and what do I mean by this? Everyone's been going crazy about AI this year. And I'm not going to lie. It's exciting. It's attractive. It does save you a lot of time. It can do a lot of repurposing. It can do a lot of work that you that you wouldn't normally do or would have done, and it would have taken you way longer. That being said, there are a lot of people using AI very badly. And I can spot from a mile away a social media post or an email That's been created by AI and has not been touched up enough for me to not notice, okay? There are so many dead giveaways, the language that they use, the kind of emojis that they use, the structure, I don't know, I can tell right away. What I think and I truly believe 100% is that the people who are still writing their own content and putting out their own content like this podcast, for example, and showing up and doing live videos and doing live stories and and having live webinars and events and doing VIP upgrades and coaching calls and things like that, those people are going to be the ones that people trust more because they know that this is them. This is what they can see. (laughs) And the interesting thing is, yes, I like for example, right now I'm recording in Descript. Descript now has a feature that you can record your voice and then you can put in you can just literally type in what you want it to say and it will say it in your voice. So it will literally record something in your voice. I really just, I still don't think it's the same. It sounds like me. It does sound like me. But the amount of emotion and ups and downs like in my voice and the the intonation and I don't know, like it just is different and you can tell. It is not a real person. It is a robot. And in a world where robots are becoming more and more ubiquitous, they are everywhere and they are great, okay? We love our Alexas, okay? I'm dying to get a Roomba for my house. I just have to figure out how we would actually get the floors tidy all the time because with four boys and a girly who have stuff everywhere all the time and we're always picking things up, I'm like, gosh, could this really happen? I don't know. But robots have their time and their place, for sure. I really don't believe that they have their time and place when you're trying to speak directly to your people and you want to connect with your people. I really don't. And the same thing goes for automation. I love automation. I have an entire program about automation. I may actually launch it this year as a live as a live cohort. I have to see. But the idea of automation, the great thing about automation is that it automates a lot of things so that you have the time and the capacity to include those personal touches in those personal touch points in your marketing, in your sales. Okay. So examples would be having a a many chat bot on Instagram that starts a conversation it starts a sequence and then it also opens up room for replies and it gives people a chance to reply back to you and it starts it, it starts conversations for you but you carry on the conversation automated email sequences that ask for feedback or ask for replies and then you can get, then you can reply back to those emails and have a conversation like all of those things, they're all automations, yes, and they will start the job for you, but they, but you will finish it because you are the real person. And when you are a personal brand, people want to be connected to you, especially if you are a personal brand, you're a coach, people want to learn directly from you, they want to know from you. They want to hear real people. They want to hear real voices. So that is my first take. I, I AI is wonderful. I do use it a lot. <laughs> I use it for summarizing things. I use it for taking templates and filling it in with my own stuff, but I will always do a lot of work on those templates, on those AI pieces in order to make it sound like me. Okay. Because I just know it would make me cringe so hard if I knew people were looking at my content and looking at my emails and be like, wow, I know who wrote this for you. And it certainly is not anyone human. That is number one. Okay. So real personal touches and touch points in your marketing and sales will win every single time. Number two is give people a chance to experience you in a small paid way, okay? And I, in, this, in a bunch of capacities, this could be things like shorter term mini mines. This can be in things like VIP upgrades to free challenges. These can be smaller paid offers which I learned about from my friend, Christina Scalera. I didn't learn about it from her, but she has this really amazing um, concept called overwhelm offers, which the idea being that you have an offer under $10. And the idea is that you, she has cut freebies out of her business entirely. I have not done that yet. But for example, my offers in your pocket mini course is $5. It is honestly like, if you don't make at least $5 from one of the things I teach you in there, did you even listen? (laughs) Like, It is just so freaking good. And the idea being that you use it to get people in the door, right, when you are growing your audience, for example, if you're using things like Reels or TikTok to um, get in front of more people or maybe you're using ads to get in front of more people, having a very low-cost, easy way for people to pay you and experience you in a way that will get them to want to move to the next step. And especially, I really do feel, if you are a coach – having shorter, smaller ways for people to experience you in a paid fashion is going to really help fill your pipeline with hot leads for your higher ticket stuff. Like I said, things like VIP upgrades to challenges. Like I, in my, in our last, in our Momentum VIP call, our Momentum 2024 VIP call, our last call, we had, I literally, together with this woman, in about 20, 15, 20 minutes, We literally, I literally like helped her build a plan to book out her one-to-one and also fill up VIP day slots to fill her pipeline for one-to-one and fill in, augment her income when her one-to-one is full and she couldn't actually sell any more one-to-one spots and also to prep people for becoming one-to-one clients through her VIP days. And, and literally like a, marketing plan a sales plan even a growth event plan like literally put this together in 15 20 minutes and I was there I saw that I was like wow that was actually freaking awesome like I I want to maybe cut that out maybe and and put that into the podcast episode I have to ask her if it's okay but like that was a really great example of people experiencing me as a coach and whether she works with me or not like is not the point because the other people were other people on the call who were listening to this. I can use I can again reuse this piece somewhere else and and take out her name if I if she doesn't want to want to be known. I can take the the strategy that I taught her and reuse it somewhere else or teach it as a strategy. Do a live workshop about it. There's so many things I could do with that, but like these people who were able to experience me in a smaller capacity, in a coaching capacity, very often did upgrade to whatever the next step was. So incorporate, I guess you will have higher level offers and you will have higher higher ticket containers, but give people a chance to experience you in a paid way that mirrors your higher ticket offers to an extent. And if you're a service provider, things like audits or short strategy sessions can also basically do the same thing for you. That's number two. Okay, number three. This is a, this was a hard one. It was a hard one to experience. It was a hard lesson to learn But it was also freeing, if a little disappointing. And this lesson was, uh, I learned this after October 7th and after everything that happened here in Israel, when people show you who they are, believe them. And this goes for good and also for not so good. I really was able to see from, it's been about three months since this attack on, this barbaric attack from Hamas on innocent Israeli civilians and I saw who reached out to me and asked me if I was okay. I saw who spoke about it publicly and said that, that it was not okay. I see who's still bringing it up and still speaking about it and still shouting out about the rise in anti-Semitism not just in the United States but all over the world due to this current war that's been happening I see the people who did not say a word about what happened October 7th, but are now talking about how heartbreaking it is and what's happening in Gaza. And again, I'm not at all saying that the loss of life anywhere by anyone is not heartbreaking, especially families and children. No one, I don't think anyone here in Israel would say that if they would, like they're very few and far between. No one is happy about casualties in war, but there is a difference between casualties of war and straight-up cold-blooded murder, right? And I think that people are deliberately choosing not to see this, and I am seeing who is choosing not to see this and who's choosing to believe believe the worst of Israel and of Jews all over the world. And as someone who is a very proud Jew, and being Jewish is a very big part of my identity, and yes, it's a big part of my business too, I have... It's been really hard to see. It's been hard to see and it's been disappointing because there are many people who I thought better of and who I thought were aligned with me values-wise and morals-wise and it it turns out that we weren't. And it was sad. But I also saw the people who did stand up and who, did, who are standing up for what's right and who are standing against terrorism and who did reach out to me and check in on me over and over again. And that just really just uh, solidified for me who my true friends were and who were not. And it was almost like a shedding of the people who just weren't honestly weren't worth my time. weren't worth my time thinking about, weren't worth my time worrying about making happy or impressing. And that actually felt it's it it was sad and it was also just it just gave me clarity and Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think that when you're going through hard times, people really will show you. People really will show you who they are deep down. And they'll show you what really matters to them. It's like a bit of a downer of this part of this episode. But it's definitely something that I had to learn. It was a sad, it was a hard lesson to learn. But I've also become closer to the people who were there, who are supporting, who are standing up against evil and who are are there for me when I want to cry and when I want to scream and when when I'm just like so tired of all of the garbage on social media that I have to keep seeing because my business is on social media. And so all that really just showed me who my real friends are and who is worth my time building these friendships with. A little more cheerful. The next thing is if you have been pushing something off for a very long time and you really do believe that you're meant to do this thing, and you just have not been doing it because so many things have been getting in your way. Just do it messy. Don't do it perfectly. Don't wait to make it perfect. I am specifically referring to this podcast. I have been speaking about doing a podcast for probably about two years before I actually launched it. And I had, pod, I had trainings, I had courses about you know podcasts. I had all this fun stuff. I was just not doing it because I thought I had to have a podcast editor and I had to have a VA doing a whole bunch of stuff for me. And I was like, it just felt like a very big thing to launch a podcast. And it felt like a very big thing to add to my plate as well, just to create a whole launch just for a podcast. And you know what? When it came down to it, I decided I want to do this podcast. I know that I want this to be my primary anchor content. This is what I want. Okay. I know this is what fits into my life. This is going to fit into my life no matter how many kids I have, no matter how old my kids are. I can do this on my own time. I don't need to put on makeup. It's going to be great. And I knew I wanted to do this and I was like, you know what? It's happening. And the interesting thing is I literally planned this. I planned to do this in in May. I'm looking at my, I'm actually looking at my promo calendar. I planned to launch my podcast in May, the last week of the month, and I did indeed launch it in May. and. I, it just feels really, like, exciting. Like, I love, because so many things in Q4 were not able to happen because of everything that happened in Israel and with the war and everything, it just made me feel really happy when things do work. (laughs) That sounds like, that sounds so sad. But here are the things that I did that did work and that I did end up launching even though things were coming up and things didn't always go as planned, okay? I did launch this podcast. I did launch CMA with my challenge, with my framework challenge, which I is, I, have everything I need now to relaunch it again and again. I have the content. I have the emails. I have the challenge content, all of that stuff. And some of that stuff I was doing like the day of, I was like actually like still working on slides the day of my, the day of my challenge. Okay. And like the day I was going to be like delivering it in a few minutes and not in a few minutes, in a couple hours, because that's what my life looks like. And things are busy and things come up and sometimes I'm doing things last minute and that's very much my personality sometimes anyway as someone with ADHD but you know what I did it that challenge happened I had a great launch for CMA and now that I have CMA as a course I just anticipate it being going even smoother and going even better okay and I, I also launched my CEO mom confidential newsletter which I've been planning on doing a lot like I've been planning on doing for at least three to five months before I launched it I was like I really want to do a newsletter but I have to be ready to be ready to do this. It's a commitment. And I was able to launch it in conjunction almost with my podcast launch because as I mentioned my podcast episodes, like that is where I promote my podcast episodes in my weekly newsletter. I did launch my back to school business giveaway, right? There were so many things that I did do and there are a bunch of things that I didn't do. I did not launch the private podcast that I wanted to launch. My Black Friday offer party did not really happen because I just didn't have the mental capacity and the emotional capacity for it. I did launch my mastermind, right? I'm currently in the middle of doing that right now. So I'm choosing to look at, number one, like the things that I actually did do instead of the things that I didn't do because those are still big accomplishments, okay? And as an achiever, I'm always, like my natural tendency is to look at the things that I didn't do yet and 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 be like, oh my God, why didn't you accomplish this? Why didn't you accomplish that? But I'm choosing now to look at the things that I actually did get done and I did do. And I did not do it with a, I have one virtual assistant right now. It's not. Like I don't have a big team and that is what I that is what I did. Like with very little support this year, with a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, I still did it. I still launched this podcast. I did it messy. I didn't do it perfectly and it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. I'm going to continue. Now I have this podcast. Now I can turn these podcast episodes into blog posts. Now I can, I have a place um, to go to. I can have, I can re, I can talk about my podcast content in other places, and send people to my podcast content in automated sequences. I now have a, so to speak, permanent home on the internet where I can send people over and over again. I have this beautiful, evergreen, long-term content. And I did not have that for many years. And that is something that I'm really celebrating. And it all happened because I chose to just launch it messy and not mess around. I had the support of my friend, Tara Counterman. She has her profitable podcast school and this is literally like I followed her methods. But again, I didn't do everything perfectly. I didn't. I did not do a big whole launch. I did not do a launch team and a party and a Facebook group. And I I just didn't do all the things that she recommended doing to make a big splash about your podcast. And you know what? I launched it anyway. It happened anyway. I got a lot of support. I got a lot of excitement and it was fine. So if you've been pushing something off for a very long time and you just haven't been getting around to it because you've tried to do it perfectly, just launch it imperfectly, and you can fix it later. Okay, you can always relaunch something. You can always polish it up. You can always, you can always do things over again. But just getting something out the door is going to make you feel so good. It's going to give you like just this amazing burst of serotonin and, and, and dopamine and all that, full of fun, happy hormones. And it's going to really make you feel like you've taken action and done something by actually doing something. Right. Because very often we get into this planning mode where we're just planning, planning, and we are not, we're not really. Just taking the action after the plan. Or we just sit there going, oh, I just need to strategize. And, um, And when it comes down to it, yeah, strategy is really great. And I do think you should do things strategically, but sitting in strategy for months and not taking action is going to get you absolutely nowhere. You will get much further taking non strategic action, but just taking it. Okay. And I'm against doing spaghetti at the wall for the long term. I don't believe you should be just doing spaghetti at the wall, but even spaghetti at the wall is better than nothing. Okay, so that is, that is a really important piece and I just want to say I'm very proud of myself for doing these things despite a lot of the stuff that was happening this past year. Okay, the next thing is about shame and the, the lesson that I learned is that shame has no place in success and there have been a lot of things and I've been pretty open about a bunch of stuff that, that, that didn't work for me this year. Right. I I shared my whole Q4 plan that didn't right. My Q4 plan that wasn't because of everything that happened. And I'll be sharing a little more about that, you know, in next week as well, speaking about like some things coming up and like why I'm planning things the way I'm planning them and what I learned from the things that didn't work. So that's coming in the next week or two. But I'm gonna I'm gonna share something right now. I I do not have a driver's license. It was one of those things that kind of got pushed off. I got married very young. For those of you who don't know, I got married when I was 18 years old. My parents, since I was the oldest child in the family, just arbitrarily were like, yeah, wait till you're 18 to get your license for no particular reason. By the time I was 18, I was already engaged and got married a few months later, moved to England and then started having kids. And it was just one of those things that you get really busy and you get really like I just had my oldest when he's 14 now. And then I had my next one less than two years later. And then we moved to Israel and then we had another one. And like just life just kept happening and I just kept pushing it off. And I need to, I need to do my theory test and I need to just do my lessons. Driving lessons, driving, getting a driving license in Israel is very different than anywhere else in the world. It is a real pain in the butt. Sorry. It's a real pain in the butt because they make you take a certain amount of lessons. So everyone has to have at least, I think, 32 lessons, no matter what. And, and the theory test is in Hebrew, but they do have, and they do have an English version. And the English version is like, the translation is not fantastic. My English is still considerably better than my Hebrew. I did move here as a teenager, and for some reason, my brain just does not work the way the theory test works. I have taken it a couple times, and I have failed. I don't want to say failed. I have not passed, okay? And I took another one today, this morning, and I did not pass again. This was after doing probably over 50 practice tests on my phone app and passing 98% of them. It was very frustrating to me. It was very frustrating to me. And that's gonna actually lead me to another lesson that I learned from this past year, but I realized like I felt so much embarrassment over like I'm 33. I'm 33. Yeah, 33. Um, turning 34 this year. What, what kind of person who's 33 years old doesn't have a driving license? That's so embarrassing. Yuck. And and I just didn't like I was just so embarrassed to even talk about it or share it with people and be like, oh, if people see that I don't have a driving license, that they must assume that I am X Y Z and I'm not accomplished enough or I'm not someone who to to be inspired by or to look up to or learn from. And I think that the really important thing to detach from is yelling at your kids does not mean you are a bad mom and it does not mean that you can't teach people about parenting. Okay, I'm not saying yelling at your kids 24-7, the occasional just breakdown. Having a lower month than usual does not mean that you don't know how to make money and that you cannot teach people how to make money. Gaining 10 pounds during a hard period of your life does not mean that you are not a good fitness coach and you cannot teach people how to get fit and lose weight and get healthy, okay? And I I do believe in alignment and I do believe in, yeah, obviously it's gonna be hard to sell something if you don't believe in yourself that you can do it. That's for sure, okay? That's a different different thing altogether. But what my license or lack thereof, the fact that I've been too busy with life and raising my family and, and just, we know how time passes so fast. Okay, I've been married 15 years. I can't believe it. It has not felt like 15 years. Okay, it has flown. And and I was making this mean something about me. I was projecting what I felt this meant about me onto non-existent people. So here I am, I'm putting that out there. I do not have a driving license yet. I do plan to get it by at least June. That's my plan. By the middle of the year, I'm like, that's it, I'm done. I have no patience for this anymore. As a mom of five, I cannot afford to no longer have a driving license, and I'm going to keep freaking taking this test until I pass it, and I'm going to t- keep taking lessons until I freaking pass the regular test, and that is it, right? And I'm going to keep going, even though it feels so frustrating, and it feels so embarrassing, and it feels so shameful. And that's it. You know what the interesting thing about shame is? When you shine a light on something, like you can't and you can't really hide it anymore, you very often realize it's not as bad as you actually thought. When you hide something, you keep something in the dark it starts to feel much bigger and scarier than it actually is. When you actually shine a light in it, When you realize, it's like when you're, when you're in your basement and you see all these big looming shapes and then all of a sudden you turn on the light and then it's just, oh, that's just an old closet. There's, you know, that old bed covered in blankets and, oh, that's the coat rack that we put down here. It's the same kind of thing with shame. And I just wanted to share that as well because as a secondary point here, I really do believe back to our first lesson where real personal touches make all the difference People really are craving real, okay? They don't need the perfectly curated everything and the perfect bags and the perfect this and the perfect that. They just want to see real people doing real things so they can relate to them and actually make it happen for themselves. And hiding big parts of yourself. I spoke about hiding my, my Zionism and my Judaism, not really hiding it, but just not really putting it front and center because I just felt like it would be just too much for people. And I'm like, you know what? This is who I am this is what I believe. If you have a problem with it, don't follow me. And I was able to just own that. So the same thing goes with this and the same thing goes with anything else that you feel embarrassed to share. I'm not saying you need to share everything all the time as it's happening. I'm not saying that. But shining a light on the things that make you feel embarrassed or ashamed. I want you to dig into like, why does it make you feel embarrassed or ashamed? What are you making it mean about yourself? And does it really mean that about yourself? And could someone else maybe relate to this? Could someone else maybe relate to having something that they've been pushing off that they know they should be doing and they, it's just been sitting on their shoulder like an albatross for years and years and they're just not getting around to it and maybe you going for it and taking that stupid theory test three freaking times and I'm already booked my fourth, by the way. I'm a glutton for punishment. I booked my fourth for for, for this Thursday. So literally it's just a couple days from now. Maybe that will inspire them to make that thing happen and do and take that action even though it feels scary, even though they think that they might fail, even though they think that it might not work out. Shame has no place in success, okay? The next thing is figure out what in your life and in your business creates energy and what doesn't. Now, I'm not going to say that everything in your life needs to give you tons of energy or else you should get rid of it. Okay, here are things that don't give me tons of energy. Waking up in the middle of the night to bring my daughter to pee. My daughter's still in a crib, so she does need help getting out and going to the bathroom in the middle of the night sometimes. does not give me energy. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be like, that doesn't give me energy, so therefore I refuse to do it because I'm just going to eliminate that from my life and let her just have an accident in bed because that does not give me energy, obviously within reason. This has to be within reason. But I do think that especially when it comes to your business and when it comes to your life in general, I want you to do this little like energy audit on yourself, on all the things you're doing in your business, all the things you're doing in your life, and see what does energize you, what fills your cup, so to speak. And there are going to be different things for different people. Some people get energized by exercising. I hate exercising. I love the feeling after I exercise, though. So sometimes I might be like, you know what? It's worth the actual workout that I really don't enjoy just to have that amazing feeling afterwards. So that is something that is really, that's, that could be something I can choose. Reading books, doing yoga, um, sitting with a cup of wine or a cup of tea. I don't know, going for a walk outside having a chat with a friend or having a Voxer chat with a friend, whether it's in real life or on your phone. Things in your business, right? Maybe writing content gives you energy. Maybe writing content drains your energy. Maybe longer form content like this exhausts you and short form reels energizes you or vice versa. I know for me, running group calls energizes me. I feel like I'm hopping after group calls. I love that. So I knew, even though I really wanted to lean out my business and, and limit the amount of calls I have per week because of my schedule right now, because I don't have as many evenings available as I used to, I knew that I wanted to keep at least one or two, but preferably one, one to two calls a week that would give me that energy and keep me, give me that feeling of staying connected to my clients. And I know that energizes me, so I'm not going to eliminate all live programs because the live programs is where I get the feedback from. It's where I get those off-the-cuff riffs when people ask me questions. It's where I am able to see the faces of my clients and just feel like I'm pouring into them and they can pour back. Like It is just the best. It is so enjoyable for me. So I know this is something I'm keeping in my product suite no matter what, unless something really terrible happens. Even at the height of this war, even when all this stuff was happening, even though I was feeling terrible and miserable, that was the one thing I refused to outsource. I refused to let go of. I was like, I'm not sending other coaches in my stead to these calls to replace me because this is like where I feel the most connected to people. This is where I feel the most connected to my business. So figure out what energizes you, figure out what drains your energy and see if you can eliminate the latter or some of the latter and increase the stuff that does bring you energy. And that could be stuff that you incorporate into your day, stuff that you incorporate into your business, whatever that is. Okay, the next thing and the, I'm almost done, but the next thing is, work with people who share your values. Now, what do I mean by this? This is, seems to be very obvious. Obviously, you're going to work with people who share your values. But when you're looking at a coach and you're looking to hire a coach, like for me, for example, I'm going to look at the coaches who work three days a week and don't have a lot of calls in their calendar and still are able to you know, show up and give really excellent content and who don't make their business their entire life. Those are the coaches that I want to work with. And those are the coaches that I know are going to give me strategy and feedback and coaching around the business that I want to build the the way that I want to build it. And I've I've used this example before, but for example, I know sales calls work. Okay, sales calls work. Booking sales calls with people is probably the fastest way to get them into higher ticket offers. I know this. This is not something new. That being said, I know that energetically, I just do not have the capacity for sales calls in my life. I just don't. Between my time zone and my family, and my energy at different times of day. I do not have time to do calls with the people who are my ideal clients in their time zones because of my time zone and be able to give to them fully during these sales calls. I can't do it. And so a coach can tell me, listen, the thing that makes the most sense for you to do sales calls, and I may be like, yes, I know it does, but it's not going to happen. So let's just eliminate that as a possibility and be like, what else can I do differently that can maybe not get me the exact same result, but it will get me pretty darn close. So for me, this is, DM sales conversations. For me, this is sending personal bonjaro videos to everyone who checks out my mastermind. So some of you may have received that. And if you have, please send me a reply. For me, it's reaching out to people and having one-to-one conversations with people in emails or just voice messaging back and forth. I can do that because that is what I can handle capacity-wise. And I do not find that it really... I just find that all it does is attract the people who are aligned to the way I want to run things. Okay. And and I just think that if you want to work with a coach who has a lifestyle and a business model that you want to emulate, right? Because you're like, this is the life I want to live. I don't want my business to be. I've heard, oh my God, Taylor Quinn says it's from Cake Money. She goes, My business is not my baby. And yes, that's true. It's a joke. I say I had I I I birthed my business instead of a baby because I took a four-year break and normally had kids every two years. But it's not one of my children. <laughs> okay. And my family is the most important thing. The business is not. The business is facilitating change in the world for my clients and it's facilitating change for my family because of the income I can bring in. But when it comes down to it, my kids are, and my family and my husband are the most important, okay? And the last thing I wanted to say here, and this is really important, and also I'm going to just like so, total side note, if you feel like you are aligned with me as a coach, and you're aligned with my values and you're aligned with my priorities, um, the CEO of my mastermind is the place to be. And I'm, going to, and I'm going to be talking a little more about that soon. But that is the place to be. It is the place to get coached by me. It's the place to get that customized feedback that aligns with you in a strategic way and also in an energetic way that really just speaks to the way you want to run your business based on your priorities, your values, your lifestyle. The last thing I want to say is trust yourself. And going back to this driving test, I'm going to use this driving test again as an example, this theory test. I failed this test. You know why I failed this last test? I went back over my answers and I second-guessed a bunch of them. Three of the questions that I got wrong, you're allowed to get up to four wrong and once you get five, it's an automatic fail. Three of the questions that I got wrong were ones that I'd gone back and changed and my original answers were correct. But because I didn't trust my intuition, I didn't trust my instinct, I didn't pass. And... When you are working with a coach, okay, or when you're seeing ideas, when you're seeing strategies, when you're watching webinars and you're like, wow, that sounds amazing. That sounds so perfect. Things may sound perfect. Things may sound great, but you really have to run it through your own filter and trust yourself. And if something inside you is screaming, no, this is not right for me. This does not feel right for me. I want you to dig into why. Is this, is this maybe like just a limiting belief? Is there like a, some sort of childhood trauma that's coming up that's keeping you from doing this and really this is the right thing for you, but you're scared or Is it just really not right for you? And you have to trust your instincts. No matter what your coach is saying, no matter what people are telling you to do, do you have to just trust yourself? Okay? I'm not saying you shouldn't ask for advice and you shouldn't ask for strategy help, especially if you have invested in it. You should should invest in, in help and support. I fully believe that. I still do. But you also have to run it through your own filter and really trust your own instinct, your own intuition. And... I think there's going to be a lot more of that for me this upcoming year. Really trusting myself and le- leaning into what really will work for me, what feels right for me, what feels right for my clients, how I feel about selling, how I feel about automations and all that fun stuff. Okay. And yeah, that to me is probably the most important thing, the thing I want to leave you with. No matter whatever your coaches say or experts say or whatever, I'm not saying you should not take advice, but you have to run it through your own internal instinct filter. And if something inside of you is screaming no, you have to dig into why. Because there could be something there. It could also not be something there. It could just be a mindset block. I'm not saying it can't. But trust yourself. Trust yourself. Trust your intuition. You know your life or your business or your clients or your family more than anyone else. Okay? And if you're feeling mental pushback, emotional pushback, whatever, you might want to dig into figuring out why. And that's what I'm that's what I'm planning to do in 2024. All right, so these are some of the biggest lessons that I took from 2023. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know I have enjoyed doing it. And again, the founding member bonuses for the CEO Mom Mastermind disappear at the end of this week. It is $500 off the main, the actual p- investment you get a one-to-one onboarding call, which will it will be asynchronous after this founding member launch, but this time you get a one-to-one 60-minute call with me. And the first 10 members of the CEO Mom Mastermind will get a one-to-one month of Telegram coaching with me, which is a $2,000 value to be to be redeemed at any point through 2024. It's going to be great. So if you want to join now, there are still spots left for the one-to-one Telegram coaching months. There um, are still spots left for the one-to-one onboarding calls and you do get $500 off until the end of this week. If you're interested in joining a mastermind of incredible moms, getting the customized coaching, that really will speak to you as a mom, as someone who wants to really be able to balance both, who wants to make your family the priority and your business the mechanism for creating the life you want for your family while also making a difference in the world. The CEO Mom Mastermind is for you. If you're ready to scale beyond six figures in a really aligned, beautiful, without having to choose between your business and being present with your family sort of way, it's for you. So I'll talk to you next week and have a wonderful rest of your day and happy new year again. I can't thank you enough for listening to Raising Your Business. I hope this episode has inspired you to take another step towards building a business and life that you love and growing your income in a way that works for you and your family. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review, and let's connect on Instagram. Screenshot and share it on Instagram stories so we can get the word out to more mom business owners like you. Tag me at the L. Bendahan and share your biggest breakthrough from today. See you next week.